Hey, you cat and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, your source of practical strategies to keep everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, a certified dog trainer with years of experience coaching people through the unique issues facing multi-species households. In last week's episode, I took you through some enrichment concepts, as well as a basic process you can follow to start designing your own enrichment activities for your pets. Today, I'm going to take you through that process using the case of my previous clients, Piglet the cat, Piggy for short, and his doggy housemate, Penny, which will hopefully help you understand how to put these concepts into action. So let's get into it. Here's some background on Penny and Piggy. Penny is about nine years old, and according to her mom, she's a submissive dog who has lots of fears and quirks, but loves us and her food. The family has had and fostered multiple cats over the years, but none of them ever had an issue with Penny. They either ignored each other or were able to have some positive social interactions. Enter Piggy. The shelter described him as a love bug, calm, and sweet, but he had been injured and was in recovery for the first few weeks that he was home, and he was hopped up on some good pain meds. So he was mellow and quiet, but once he healed, his aggression began and he started attacking Penny. I was called in because the animals needed to be separated at all times. The first step of the enrichment design process is to identify the behaviors you want to focus on. In this case, Piggy would stalk, sniff, and then bite at Penny's legs and tails, which she did not like. This set of undesired behaviors tended to happen in the evenings, when the humans were relaxing, watching TV, aka not paying attention to Piggy, and during the day, Penny typically was out with a walker or on the porch or with her dad downstairs, so they didn't cross paths that much. Why was Piggy displaying these behaviors? What physical needs were they related to? Well, I had a few theories. Number one, play or ritualized food-seeking behaviors. Once Piggy recovered from his injury, he became a very playful cat with lots of energy that had to go somewhere. Another potential physical need was attention. Piggy got negative attention from his humans when he pursued Penny, and they sometimes redirected his behavior into play. Some cats, when they exhibit these kinds of behaviors, are doing them from a defensive standpoint, where the dog is approaching them and the cat decides that the best defense is a good offense. But I ruled this out in this case because Penny usually was actively avoiding eye contact or any contact with Piggy and was usually turned away from him. So we focused mostly on the play and attention-seeking theories. In general, when it's time to design an enrichment program, there are usually three main goals. Goal number one is to channel the undesired behavior into situations that we have more control over. Goal number two is to get the physical needs met as a result of other acceptable behaviors. And goal number three, at least for me as a trainer, and this should probably be one of your goals too, is to design enrichment that is easy for the client or the human to fit into their busy day. So in this case, we had a few options to fulfill goal number one. We wanted to get Piggy to practice stalking, crouching, sniffing, and biting at something that is not Penny. So there were a few different things we thought about. One would be upping his wand play. He loves the bird, which is a fantastic wand toy for cats. And instead of doing it intermittently, we thought we might schedule times when he might normally go for Penny in the evenings, and we would offer him play session before he would show any of these behaviors towards Penny. 
Another option might be what I call kitty bowling, where you toss an individual piece of kibble down a hall um, or a large room for your cat to chase and then eat, and you could feed some of their meal that way. Another option would be a toy that is automated, like the cat's meow, or anything that doesn't require the human to be actively involved in the play session. In terms of goal number two, getting the animal's physical need met, but as a result of any other acceptable behaviors, we thought of some different ideas. We wanted to give Piggy attention and an opportunity to move around the space that he usually might share with Penny. And we wanted to give him some fuzzy things to bite. So in terms of attention, we said that we would offer him positive attention and food for any calm behaviors that he offered on the couch during that evening time in the living room. We also thought about having multiple stuffed toys out on the floor for him to spontaneously explore or even to potentially engage in some parallel play with Penny. So having all of these potential options in hand, we tried them out. And here's what ended up working. The big one was play with the bird. Since they were already doing this, we just adjusted some of their technique and timing. Like we tried to offer these play sessions to Piggy preemptively rather than as a response to him getting that look in his eye or approaching Penny. And it turned out to be a really fantastic outlet for him. The other options didn't work as well. Kitty bowling wasn't an easy option because he was primarily eating wet food, which doesn't lend itself well to being tossed across the floor. And the family already had lots of toys, and I didn't want to put the financial burden on them to buy something else, especially because the bird was really one of Piggy's favorite things. And when we were analyzing these play sessions, we saw that Piggy was fairly consistently enthusiastic about this opportunity. And he would play off and on for a really long time. After a few minutes of active play, he would walk away into the kitchen, take a little break, but then he would re-engage throughout the evening. And he also didn't show any obvious frustration behaviors when the play session was over. He was allowed to catch the toy and then the family dropped it and he could play with it until he said he's done and he walked away and they would put it away for the next session. And in addition to the focal behaviors of stalking and biting, we saw jumping, scratching and climbing on furniture, which were acceptable behaviors to his people, although they didn't really like them but they were okay side effects for them because of the positive outcomes that came from this type of play. For the other goals of giving Piggy attention in a way that is unrelated to play, where we wanted to reinforce him for offering any calm behaviors on the couch, we looked at his behavior and any offered behaviors that we liked, such as looking at Penny and then looking away, sitting or laying down on the couch. These types of behaviors were reinforced with calm praise and some petting if he wanted it, and occasionally a small piece of food. Doing this consistently led Piggy to be able to relax on the couch while Penny laid on the floor or 
when she got pets from their dad on the other side of the room, which he could not have done at the beginning of this enrichment period. The other thing we added was making sure that multiple stuffed toys were always available in the living room. And now Piggy often chooses to relax on one side of the living room rug with his toy while Penny nibbles on another one on the other side. So the results of this enrichment program speak for themselves. This is not the entirety of Piggy's training program, but we were able to channel some of the undesired behaviors into much more strategic and acceptable outlets and his behavior has been much more acceptable to his people and they are much less stressed. And honestly, so is Penny. I hope that this breakdown of Piggy's enrichment plan jumpstarts your creativity in thinking about your cat's enrichment and illustrates how to approach the design and analysis step-by-step. If you want to see videos of Piggy and Penny throughout this enrichment process, head to praiseworthypets.com slash bonus to get access to the It's Training Cats and Dogs space within the Cat and Dog Coexistent Clubs community site. You'll get extra content related to each episode, so go check it out. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you have friends or family who are cat and dog people, Let them know this podcast and community is here for them. See you all next week for another episode of It's Training Cats and Dogs. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this deeper dive into enrichment. This is also the theme of this month's discussions and challenges within the Cat and Dog Coexistence Club. If you want to improve the relationships between your cats and dogs, the club is the best place to be. It's a membership that provides guidance from me and the support of other cat and dog people working towards similar goals with their animals. Go to praiseworthypets.com slash club to learn more.